today on City Cash Chicago. Growing up, there were a few political names I constantly heard. Washington, of course. Yadalis, Madigan, and White. Jesse White, that is. It's hard to not like someone who comes in with people flipping all around them. Uh, that's, a, that's a great entrance that I'm not sure many other politicians can make. After 22 years as Illinois Secretary of State, White is not seeking re-election. I talk with a reporter about Illinois' most popular politician and the candidates hoping to have their portrait in every DMV across the state. It's Tuesday, June 8th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. First, a little bit of news, y'all. With a week left in the school year, 34 teachers at Urban Prep Charter Schools have gone on strike after what they called ongoing failed negotiations. Chicago Teachers Union officials say the Urban Prep teachers are at the bottom of the pay scale among unionized city schools, and starting pay is about $11,000 less than at other CPS schools. Chicago is still paying for the terrible parking deal Mayor Daley cut back in 2008. Even during the pandemic, the investment company that owns the many Chicago parking meters made $13 million in profit across 2020. And with 62 years left on the lease, investors have already made back their billion dollars and tacked on another half a billion profits. And I didn't want to mention this part, but uh, we're still footing the bill. You see, whenever parking spaces are temporarily taken out of service for things like parades or outdoor dining, Chicago has to reimburse the parking meter company. And in 2020, the city paid out $6.8 million. After that one, I know you're thinking, come on, Jacoby, where my good news at? I still got you, but you're going to have to stick around and wait until the end of the episode. For more Chicago stories, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. A couple months ago, producer Simone Alisea had some questions about Illinois Secretary of State Jesse White. Like, what I read about Jesse White not running for a re-election and that he was going to retire, and I read that somewhere that he was, you know, what consistently one of the most well-liked politicians in Illinois, and I found this absolutely astonishing because <laughs> the Secretary of State here in Illinois <laughs> runs one of the least-liked institutions, the DMV, and I just, like, don't understand how that happens. The Tumblr, Simone. <laughs> the Tumblr. I just, like, yeah. Can you can you get, like, what? what who are these people? The Those are the Jesse White Tumblers, a program he started in 1959 to help Chicago kids. All jokes aside about the Tumblers, for now at least, the Secretary of State oversees a lot more than you probably even know. You see White's photo at every DMV office, and his name is on your driver's license because he runs that office. License plate, driver's ed, mean-ass person at the front desk, all of it. That's also where you file the paperwork to make sure your business is legit in the state. And Jesse White is currently the state's librarian. Uh, the Secretary of State also oversees what services you get at your public library branch. So White's not running for re-election, and that's a big deal. And with the race heating up, we wanted to hear about who's in the running to replace him. 
Rachel Hinton is the Sun-Times chief political reporter. And she's been following the Secretary of State race. Rachel, how you feeling today? Pretty good. It's nice outside. Well, not too nice. A little muggy, but better than it being cold. So Right? Definitely enjoying it. We'll get a couple uh, muggy days in here, but my hope is it'll get back to that refreshing uh, summer weather we're, we're looking forward to. Let's start at the beginning. Who is Jesse White? For me, he is like a mythical figure in Illinois politics. And to my producer, Simone Alisea, he is a, a little bit of a curious figure. Can, can you tell me a little bit about Jesse White? He has been in the office since, I believe, 1998. He is one of the few office holders to have won all 102 counties, a feat that he did in the early 2000s. Uh, I don't think I could talk about, you know, the Secretary of State without mentioning his tumblers. I think they're a big reason why people know who he is and why he is so popular. You see him, you see them at the Bud Billiken Parade, at many other parades, uh, many of his political events as well. And so I think that that has really endeared him to people. People think of him and they think of the tumblers and they think of these acrobatic feats. Uh, it's hard to not like someone who comes in with people flipping all around them. Uh, that's, a, that's a great entrance that I'm not sure many other politicians can make. So other than that, I mean, when he ran for the office, he promised that he wasn't going to use it as a stepping stone like many other people did before him or, you know, the previous, I think, three office holders did. And so I think that also helped People like him being in the office for a long time and not using it for your own political gain in terms of using it to jump higher and higher, I think allowed him to make changes within the office. It, it really is the tumblers. I think so, yeah. <laughs> He's everywhere. And so those Jesse White tumblers have not only been popular in getting his name out there, but what have been some of the major changes that Jesse White has made to the office of Secretary of State? I would say modernizing it to an extent. Obviously, the people now are still talking about wanting to modernize it more, um, as well as, you know, Anna Valencia, city clerk Anna Valencia, she just announced that she's running for the office. She really credited him with removing the kind of pay-to-play pay politics that we see so often. So it used to be a cesspool for people to put their family members into a, a state job with a pension. The people who are running to replace him all applaud him for his ability to to get things done, to modernize an office as much as he could, reduce lines, move things online when possible, um, or attempt to do that, as well as try to make sure that the office is one that isn't always seen as, you know, being in the news for, for something bad, some sort of scandal. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier, it's been very interesting that throughout the 22 years he's been in office, he hasn't taken the opportunity to run for higher office. Do you think that people expect for his replacement to do the same? Probably not. Uh, I think that <laughs> given, I'm not going to say they, they use it as a launching pad to a bigger office, but I think that people, even though they may be focused on this office for right now, may view it as a way to one day get to another office. Let's take a look at some of those people looking to replace White because they got some big shoes to fill. Let's start with former state treasurer Alexi Janulius, who's already been racking up campaign contributions as well as uh, early endorsements. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Yeah, so he's the former state treasurer. He ran for uh, U.S. Senate against Mark Kirk. He, he lost that battle. Uh, and, and since then has kind of gone in and out of, you know, the political light, if you will. He's mostly, he hasn't been in an elected office since losing that Senate 
battle. He has, I believe, the most money, as of you know, the last time I checked, the most money on hand. He's been racking up endorsements. Yesterday he got the endorsement of uh, Congressman Chuy Garcia, which is a big deal, uh, as well as you know, 22nd Ward Independent Political Organization, which is also a big deal. So he's, he seems to be trying to tie up uh, a coalition, trying to make sure that he has uh, Latino support, black support, uh, north, south, west sides. I, I believe that he's really going for, for all those people. Okay, okay. Refresher from that race against Mark Kirk. That was in 2010. If you remember, Democrat Janulius and Republican Kirk were fighting to field a seat uh, vacated by President Barack Obama. Obama was clearly supporting Janulius. I mean, I think they were basketball buddies. Uh, his Senate race was ultimately hurt because of a scandal at his family's bank which was accused of giving out loans to shady people. So I'm wondering, you know, he seems to be the front runner now. What is it about his story, his networking, the last couple of years that's given him such a large lead over the field? I think part of it is he's he was the first person to really announce that he's interested in this. And so I, I think that by being the first person to say I'm interested in this uh, seat, you begin to have those conversations a lot sooner than your competitors who are still, you know, doing their day jobs. Uh, everyone else in the race so far um, is an elected official in some other capacity. So I think in some ways the not having an elected office helps Janulius and, and maybe allows for him to use that time to go around the state and, and do the coalition building that you need to get elected. Uh, some of the other people throwing their names in are Alderman Pat Dowell, David Moore, and State Senator Michael Hastings. And Rachel, you also mentioned another candidate who recently entered the field, City Clerk Anna Valencia. You know, that office oversees city council meetings. That's where you go in City Hall to pay parking tickets, to uh, get that pesky sticker you got to put in your windshield. Um, you know, she also worked for former Mayor Rahm Emanuel. You were actually at her campaign event yesterday morning. Uh, what was that like? I mean, was the energy in the room palpable? I think uh, <laughs> with COVID, it's a little difficult to do that uh, because you have to cap the number of people and whatnot. But the people there seemed uh, very excited for her. You know, she she uh, also announced, I believe, three endorsements. So the energy there wasn't necessarily palpable because of COVID and whatnot. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not because she can't turn out supporters. Um, but I do think that everyone there is, is optimistic and excited for her race. Besides a new gymnastics troupe, you know, what does this election mean for Illinoisans? Like, what does this mean on the ground for us here in Chicago? I mean, is the DMV going to get more efficient with the new person there? I, I think that's what all of them are hoping. That's what they've all been promising so far on the campaign trail is that they want to make sure that when you go to a DMV, you're not standing in line for a really long amount of time, that, you know, it, it runs efficiently to make sure that people don't hate going to, you know, renew their license or they don't dread it, I guess I should say. Um, I think all of them want to do that. I think how they choose to do that and whether or not that's possible and, and how long that takes is a different story that we're, we'll all have to wait to see, unfortunately. But that's what I find interesting and that's what I think is really interesting right now because, this is happening so early. Um, even before the primary was pushed back, this was still pretty early. Um, and some prominent unions are giving out endorsements already and congressmen are, are weighing in and whatnot. It makes me wonder what's going on and if this is going to have any uh, effect on the future of, you know, campaigning. 
That's a very good point. I was wondering the same. I was like, is it is Jesse White's popularity and him leaving carrying this early excitement? Or is there something else happening here? Yeah. No, I don't know. I Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I put on my little investigator hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wish. I wish I knew. For sure. Well, I will definitely be checking back in as we get closer and closer. Uh, Rachel Hinton, again, is the Sun-Times chief political reporter. I appreciate you breaking down this early race for CityCast Chicago. Thank you for having me. Some good news to get you through. Hideout Chicago, the 87-year-old dive bar, announced they'll be returning this July with patio shows, veggie bingo, and a celebration of Virtue Cider Records' recreation album, Closing Time. Now, their first live show is July 6th, and it's with Case Oates and other acts that month include Angel Bat Dawit and the Sisters of the Nitty Gritty. The shows aren't until July, but you can buy tickets now. That's our show for Tuesday, June 8th. As always, I appreciate you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.